Christina Driscoll, host of the She's Brave podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me. When our son was five, my husband was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. For the next 12 years, I learned how to be brave, resilient, and live my best life. On the podcast, we're going to meet so many amazing, brave, authentic, and resilient women who share their own journeys of how they learned how to be brave and are now living their best lives. Step into your best brave life with me, and let's go on this journey of how to be brave together. Hey everyone, it's Christina. I am so excited for today's episode. Um, Some of you know that a long time ago, for about 10 years, I was a financial advisor and I was super passionate about educating in particular women about finance. And my guest today is Jennifer Rogers Markwell. She's the host of Platinum Talks Wealth Podcast. Jennifer is an Emmy-nominated journalist turned president of Platinum Wealth management. She changed gears in her TV career when she realized that she wanted to help women with finances. I love this so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming on my show today. Oh my gosh. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. You and I have this, I still have it too. I have this passion that as women, not so much with the younger generation, I think it's improving, but there are still a lot of us who you know, we lose our spouse and we know nothing about the finances. They took care of everything for us. And, you know, I think people are really afraid of finances in, in general, too. And I know that you do educational workshops, which I just want to encourage all my listeners to jump on. It's free and just listen to Jennifer because it'll take the fear. Here we are. She's brave. Girlfriends, this is a she's brave moment. You need to jump on take a class, you will find out that finance is not nearly as scary or boring. It's actually exciting and fun. Okay, I'm going off on a tangent. Let's start from the beginning because I'm getting too excited here, Jennifer, taking over the show. This is about you today. I just want to start with asking you about your childhood because one thing I know about you is that you were raised by your grandparents. So let's start right there. Yeah. So my mom was super young when she had me. So my grandparents stepped in as just mom and dad and I, they were depression kids. So a lot of my kind of mentality uh, with money and money memories comes from them. And they were just fantastic human beings. And I was so grateful to have them in my life. And I really think that they had such an impact on, you know, really making me the woman that I am today for sure. That's beautiful. But I know that what really shifted for you and what greatly influenced your decision to get into finance is that your grandfather passed away. How old were you when your grandfather passed away? Oh gosh, I think I was in my early 30s. Okay. Um, early and- early to mid 30s. I mean, it's he's been gone a while, so about okay. 14 about 14 or so years ago. So okay. I was, I mean, I was cooking right along. I was in TV. I had just signed a contract with Holland America Cruise Lines and Food Network to basically travel around, interview famous chefs, which how is that not a bucket list? I'm fantastic. Like I love all the things. So I was doing, I was literally just signed that and he had gotten sick. And my grandpa was like that big grumpy grandpa. You know, I, I think of like, you know, Disney's up. And I think of Carl and I think of like Mm -hmm. kind of a mix of like an Archie Bunker old school, like no filter, but had a good heart, but said inappropriate things sometimes like that was my grandpa. That was him. And I loved him. And he was just, he was who he was. And so when he got sick, 
and he had had some health issues before, but he was so ornery and crabby and he would always get better. Right. So we'd always recover. And I'm like, okay, he'll be fine. But I went home because that's what I did anytime they needed anything, of course. So went home and he passed away and we were like, what just happened? Like, what just happened? Like, how is he gone? And I can actually say this without crying every time, but it's still so deep in my heart. Like it was such an impact to me. Actually, now I'm, now I'm tearing up. So here we go. Okay. Um, but he was just such a fantastic human being and rough around the edges by all means. But so my grandma was like, okay, we lost him. Like, what do we do? Like, where do we go? Like what? I mean, they were married like 65 years. So that's a long marriage, especially when you think back to old school, like they were, you know, two peas in a pod, truly. So they had, they didn't have a lot, but what they had was kind of spread around different institutions and banks. So what they had, we found ourselves going in front of different advisors and never had that warm, fuzzy feeling that anyone cared or wanted to do what was my grandma's best interest. And she's like, if we're going through this, imagine how many other women are going through the same thing. And I said, okay, I'll learn everything I can. And there was my transition from my background in TV, from a long career in TV, transitioning into finance. So wow. I said, I'll learn everything I can. And here I am. And now I have my own, you know, wealth management firm, Platinum Wealth Management. And I really think it's because of being on the other side of the chair and being in a situation saying, this is a whole foreign language that people don't know that I need to learn so I can share so people can empower themselves. So that's really been kind of my path with my grandparents and really the trajectory of where I'm at now. Yeah, that's so beautiful. You know, and it, it's just interesting to me that your grandmother basically knew nothing about finance and, and you had to hold her hand. I also like the fact that you talked about how you were going to a lot of different financial advisors and you didn't have a good feeling about it because I think a lot of people will just pick up the phone, call a financial advisor, go there. And even if it's not a good fit, then that's what I like to say to people too: find a good fit. When it comes to a financial advisor, find someone who resonates with you, that's on the same page, who has your back, who's honest. When I was a financial advisor, I got an elderly multi-million dollar client. And I remember six months in, I said, why did you pick me? Because I was like 33, you know, because <laughs> I knew he, was, he had interviewed multiple people. And he said, because you're honest, because you're honest. That's what I need more than anything. Somebody who's honest. Yeah, that's huge. And I feel like too, you brought up a really good point of like, find out who resonates with you, find out who you have good communication with, who you're comfortable with, with the back and forth. And, and you know, you feel it, right? You're like, this is my person or nah, I'm not so sure. Like this is a long-term relationship. Like find someone that you want to work with, that you can trust that's honest, as you said, but someone that's going to be there for you, you know, as life journey continues. A hundred percent. I think this topic my listeners today, they need to hear this because I just feel like so many people go to one financial advisor and they don't feel like it's a good fit, but they feel like they just, well, this is it. This is the person I, I have to work with them. That is not the case. Do your homework, do the research. That is just so incredibly important. And one other thing too, if I can just piggyback on that, not only finding someone that you're comfortable with, but like, don't feel that you don't have enough money to have a financial advisor. Oh, I love this. Jennifer. A lot of folks will say, oh, well, I don't have millions. Maybe I have 30 grand. Maybe I have five grand. Well, you need to start somewhere and, and really find someone that you again, resonate with that you feel like you can trust that's honest, that can help get you on track to where your goals need to be. 
I mean, Absolutely. I have a gamut of clients who are starting out, starting over, right? And if, if the relationship is there and we've got good communication, then I am honored to work with you. But I also have clients on the complete spectrum that have, you know, multi, multi-million dollar accounts. So, I mean, yeah. it's really about the relationship. How can I serve you? And, and that's yeah. what you should find and whoever you choose to work with, wherever that is. And that being said, too, a lot of advisors are multi-state. Meaning if you are living in a different state and you love someone that lives in a different state than you, well, see if they're licensed in your state to be able to support you. We've got clients throughout the U.S., like completely everywhere because we're based on relationships. I love it. Love it so much. I can see that you are just on fire. You are so passionate in particular about helping women. I want to go back to helping your grandmother and just kind of going through the shock of her not knowing anything, you having to go with her, not being able to find a good fit for a financial advisor, realizing that most women don't know anything about finance. And how did you, I mean, to me, that was a very brave step because you had this amazing career in television and all these things that you've been talking about. I'm saying to step away from that You know, it would be one thing if you said, well, I just a regular job, you know, and now I'm going to go into finance, but you had to leave something really big behind. How did you decide to do that? Kind of an interesting thing. I think of like us as being us, meaning people like as humanity, we're like on a river and you can fight that river and try to go upstream or you can kind of flow with it and see where it goes. And I feel like that was a really big faithful step I took of like, okay, this is where my flow is going. What's this going to look like? I mean, my grandma, my grandma was the best, like the best. So if I could help her in any way, they did so much for me. I mean, oh gosh, what an honor. I mean, and she was very self-sufficient in essence where like she wrote checks, she knew how to go to the bank. She knew how to make meals. She could make her bed. Like there wasn't anything she couldn't do. It was just back in the day. It was a male dominated thing. Granted, It's getting better, but it still is. And so when it came to like doing CDs or doing anything like that, my grandpa took the lead and that's just how it was. I mean, even to put that in perspective today, when couples come in, I want both of you to be here because Lord forbid, if something happens to one of you, you need to know what's happening behind the scenes. Maybe you don't need to have perfect knowledge on everything, but you need to have some sort of idea what's happening because the last thing you want to deal with when you lose someone is also trying to pick up the pieces on other things around because you're mourning the loss of that person. The last thing you want to do is trying to figure out like the world of finance in that moment as well. Like it's too much. So for me, I was honored to be a little bit of a backbone for her during that time, just because again, they were my world. They did everything for me and helped me to become the person that I am today. So I was honored to say, yep, you're moving in with me and yep, I'm going to help you in any way that I can. So truly, like, I, I know that's not a fit for everybody in their household dynamic, but for me, it was, there was no other question of what we were doing. Can you remember a moment when it just Was it just like a feeling that basically that whole thing of, I discussed when you interviewed me, I discussed how you feel unsettled and you know, you're meant for more, you know, you're meant to pivot, take a big detour or not even detour is not the right word. You know, you're, you need to do something different. And I'm sure you began to feel unsettled. I did. I did. And I, that kind of goes back to the, the river analogy. I was in the river and I was fighting upstream and granted, I, I mean, I had great opportunities and things were great, but I also knew that there was bigger expected of me, but I didn't know what that meant. And mm-hmm. 
putting both feet into the world of finance was scary. It was scary. Absolutely. I mean, coming from a TV background, I'm like, I don't, I don't know this, right? Like, I don't know the terminology. Like, I don't know how, you know, all these different things work. So it was really diving in both feet, like deep and like getting that education and learning and figuring out how I can help people. But it was scary move. And also, I mean, I was, I think back to that and I was sad in my heart with my grandpa too. Like I was mourning his loss as I was like, okay, here we go. Like I need to figure this out and I need to do it. And then, I mean, the mere fact that she had said, if we're going through this, imagine how many other women are going through this. I knew that we weren't alone and I knew that there was a bigger calling for me. And I still don't think I'm quite frankly done. Like, I feel like for me also podcasting, like that is another kind of arm reach out for education. Um, and, And I feel like the financial literacy aspect was different when we were kids, right? It wasn't as communicated. It wasn't like we sat down at the table and you're like, oh, hey, let's talk about finances. We joke in our household, like it's Friday night, Woo, big date night. Let's talk about some finances, right? But that wasn't a thing back in the day. And so really changing the narrative to help not only us and our generation now, older generations, younger generations, and the folks coming up, I want everybody to have a better just playing field to navigate, to empower themselves financially. What would you say? Because I just, I know there's a lot of resistance. I just love what you're doing, Jennifer. And I just love how you are serving in particular women and you're helping empower them. That's what She's Brave is about. It's We're all about empowering women. And you said yes to the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. You said, yes, I am going to help women. I'm going to educate them. That being said, I can already anticipate my listeners saying in their head, yeah, but finance is so boring and I'm not very smart. And, you know, I just don't even know if I should, I don't know if I'm going to sign up for some, you know, women's financial workshop, whether it be with you or somebody else. And I, I really want to encourage my listeners because I have the background too, to, to just put your toe in the water, sign up for some free workshop just to learn the basics. And it's actually very fun and very interesting. You encounter people throughout your daily life once in a while, where maybe it comes up and that person says to you, oh, I hate math. That's boring. And I'm not smart to do that. What do you say to that woman? Yeah. So that's a great question. I feel like it comes down to why do you save money? Like, why are you saving or why are you investing? What is your why? So you may hate money. You may hate saving. You may hate, think it's all boring or whatever, but like, ultimately you're using it as a tool to figure out what your why is. And for a lot of people, it's like, well, I want to spend more time with my family. I want to travel. I want to be self-sufficient. Like, what does that really look like to you? Like definably, and it's different for everyone. So there's no right or wrong answer. But I think when you figure out your why, your relationship with money changes. And many times that why is time. In essence, I want more time to spend with my family. I want more time to travel. I want more time to do the things that I love, whether that be camping, gardening, traveling on a sail, but whatever that is, right? Whatever means something to you, you're using this as a tool. And I think once that kind of lights what it flips a little bit in your head, I think the relationship with money changes because then it's a tool for you. And it may not be just math and it may be boring, but it's a tool now to get you in a, like in a vehicle, in essence, to where you need to go to reach your goals, whatever they are. 
Beautifully said. You know, my late husband, he was so wise. One of my favorite phrases he used to say is, money is your blood, sweat, and tears. And it really is. It really is. You work hard for the money that you have. Are you just going to let it sit in the bank and basically not do a whole lot? Or are you going to make that money work for you? He used to, here's another great story. He worked in downtown Bellevue, which is a nice suburb of Seattle in a high rise. And down below, they were still building Bellevue. This was quite a long time ago. They were building more high rises and there was a lot of construction going on, a lot of companies, and a lot of bustle. And the client would come in and he would be, he'd stand at the window and look out and they'd he'd look out with the client and all this activity and say, look at all these companies out there. Look at all these things going on. These companies, I own them and you can own them too. And it was just so beautiful because it's such a win-win because whenever you invest in the market, you're helping that company. You're giving them your money so that they can continue to evolve and develop new new medical, new medicines, if we're talking about a pharmaceutical or a new product or whatever, you know, so you want, do you want your money sitting in the bank, not really doing anything? Or do you want to get out there and be a part of it, jump in and make your money work for you? And you will be rewarded for that in the long term, Like, you know, not always there's bad, there's down years. And that's, how do you deal with that with, with some people who, it's so frustrating because you and I have been in the market for so long. We've been in up markets, we've been in down markets, and we know that the up market always comes back. It always does. Doesn't matter. You know, it might take a year or two or three. You got to just hang in there. How do you help your clients stay in the market when it gets rough? I think that really is the personal conversation of going back to financial planning. What are your goals? What's your time horizon? Like mm, when time you lose the money, what's yeah. your risk tolerance? Is your risk tolerance I can only do, you know, super conservative because that's where you're at? Okay. Again, all of those I think are important in having that conversation with each individual because everybody's different. Yeah, and that's people true. People are super, super aggressive, and that's fine because that fits their own personal risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. And some people are not. Um, mm-hmm. They're, and it's not just age based anymore. It used no. to be like you're an age, no. your portfolio should look like this. It's yeah, not. yeah. I have a client yeah. who is in his late 80s, and he's very aggressive, and that he wakes up in the morning, talks through stock, and that is his thing. Loves yeah. it. Fantastic. Sure. Yeah. And I've got clients who are younger who are like, I just watched 08 and 09 happen with my parents and it was terrible. And here's where I'm at and here's my risk tolerance. So I think it's really about that individual knowing what they've experienced, kind of what their money memories are, right? Of how their relationship was with money from what they personally experienced and making sure that they're on track to hit what their goals are. So really kind of lining that out and having that individual conversation because everybody's so different. I love that. And you're absolutely right. I love that. If you're really conservative, then you can work with that as well. You don't have to always be having these crazy swings in your, you know, portfolio. It can be more stabilized. So you can build it that way. Totally depends on the client, the risk tolerance, the time horizon, and quite frankly, what that person's individual goals are. So it really becomes personalized, truly. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So Jennifer, I just, I got to lighten it up a little. We're going to play a little bit of a game here and uh, you can answer. I'm going to give you a word. You can answer with either one word or a sentence or a phrase. Your first word is wealth. Empowerment. I love it. That is so true because, and I think 
so many people think, oh, money is the root of all evil. Or, you know, if I have too much money, I've done something bad or I, you know, I'm, it, it's not, it's not a good thing, but really, you know, someone like mother Teresa, right? Like she was constantly raising millions and millions of dollars to help the poor. And it, that's exactly it. When you have money, you have empowerment, you have the power to help make positive change in the world. Beautifully said. I always say money is a tool, right? Money shouldn't be your God. Maybe it is, but it shouldn't be your God. Money should be a tool for you to reach the goals that you want, whether that's helping others, whether that's getting additional time in your, you know, day to day, whatever that looks like, it's a tool. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So your second word is empowerment though. I just love that word so much. Oh gosh, that's a tough one because, and now I would say money. I love it. This is, right? this so, is, this is awesome. This is awesome. I love it. Beautiful answer. Like they just totally, they did. And I, I immediately went there and I was like, well, are there rights or wrongs to this? This oh, no. Or like, oh, no. <laughs> no, it's kind of magical. Actually. It's always kind of magical. Third word is abundance. That's a tough one. Um, I think it's mindset, truly mindset for abundance, right? Because you can create your own by having an attitude going in. If you're thinking the mentality of like, I will never have enough, well, then you won't. If you're thinking I do have enough and I will, and my mindset is positive. I think what you think about, you bring about. Yeah. Beautifully said. Okay. Now we got to do some, uh, she's brave podcast words here. Just a couple of them. Authenticity. Raw. Oh, I love it like raw and real, right? Truly being like you had said earlier, being who you are in your own skin and not having any apologies about it, right? Raw, like that's it. Beautiful, beautiful. And I can see that you live your life that way too. It's beautiful. I think the older you get, the more like you don't, you don't have those apologies anymore, right? I am who I am. If you love me, fantastic. And if you don't, then that's fine. And I'm not the fit for you. It's okay. And I wish you well. Absolutely. Last word is bravery. You know, what's funny. Like <laughs> my initial that popped in my head is she's brave podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's so great. That's just awesome. Yeah, no, I'm really, really working. Like you're super passionate about educating women on finance and, you know, going their, their money and helping them with that and helping them have a, a more abundant, prosperous life. And you're, you're just on fire about it. And I'm on fire about helping women live their best lives. And because so many of, of us are just blocking ourselves, we're just too afraid to take a teeny tiny step or even rephrase what we just said in our head. I can't do it. Okay, first step. What's one little thing that maybe I could do today? Let's, so just rephrase it. That's all you have. That's how you start. That's how you start. Yeah. yeah. Give yourself grace. Give and yourself grace. narrative, right? Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. You and I, Jennifer, we have this amazing connection. I feel like I could talk to you all day, girlfriend, oh. but I also don't want to overwhelm my listeners. I want them to jump on. I want them to find you and I want them to get going on their financial future. So with that, please tell my listeners where they can find you. Yes. So the podcast is Platinum Talks Wealth. We are on, you know, all podcast channels, potentially iTunes, all of them, Spotify. And then my website is platinumwealth.net. 
We also have the podcast in there. We've got, you know, educational tools in there as well. And then we do a virtual coffee chat every month called a coffee chat. And anyone anywhere can join. It's free to do and it's just educational. So we'll have different, you know, topics from, you know, market volatility to tax reform to trusts and wills and beneficiaries and what are new changes coming down the pike. So each month's a different educational topic and and we're here to to share those and, and educate and help in any way we can. That's beautiful. I love this concept of a coffee chat because it seems very less intimidating. Like you can just pop on Zoom, you can just jump on and maybe you don't know anything. Maybe you know nothing about finance and you can just listen listen to you talking, Jennifer, and learn maybe one thing, maybe 90% of it you're not sure about, but maybe just learn one thing. And maybe the next time, jump on again and raise your hand and ask a question because there aren't such things as a stupid question. We definitely know that. No, like all questions are embraced and it's, it's a conversational chat. I'll bring on different guests from different trust attorneys to, you know, CPAs to talk about different changes behind the scenes, because there's always changes in in all of those landscapes, but no, it's, it's educational, but it's also, it's a conversation. So we're here if you want to join in, or if you want to sit on the sidelines and have your camera off and just listen, like we'll embrace you either way. Oh, I love that. Yeah, see, I think people don't realize it's very easy to just click the link, jump on. You don't even have to have your camera on. You can literally just listen and just be quiet in the background and beautifully said. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for the work that you're doing, the passion that you have, how you're helping women. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Oh my gosh, what an honor. Thank you for having me and thank you for all that you're doing. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I love learning about what makes you brave. I'm here with you. I see you. I hear you. And I want to hear from you. I want to know how you're showing up as being brave and authentic. Connect with me on Instagram at She's Brave Podcast or come join our community in the She's Brave Podcast Facebook group. I'm sending you so much love. Until next time, keep being brave.